What's up, guys? Brian Ratliff here. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to Keep the Faith Podcast. Grab your Bibles and let's dig in to the Word of God. All right, good evening. Good to see all of you and good to meet you. Uh, as your pastor was saying, I, we have uh, married five kids and I was a youth pastor for about 16 years up in Clifton Forge. And uh, boy, that was just such an awesome time. We love teenagers and and I got to see some incredible things, and, and God do some amazing things. And then God moved us down to Barnhart Baptist, and uh, we got to work with uh, Pastor Joe Peters. And man, uh, what an incredible influence in my life, and appreciate him so much. And, and uh, really helped me uh, get reestablished again and, and get me going. And, and then uh, he said, hey, Mark, you know, he, he had talked about he was getting close to retirement. And he said, ah, I probably got five years left. And and then COVID hit, and five years became two months, and uh, so it was like, tag, you're it. And uh, boy, that was, um, uh, but the Lord was in it, and the Lord knew all along, and, uh, and so I think Pastor Joe did too, and so he, the transition went really well, and, uh, and they, we, did, we were doing parking lot service. Actually, we had the big trailer out in our parking lot, and uh, we did a church vote for me, uh, and we just went to people's cars and, and got a little, and it was pretty wild, <laughs> crazy year. But uh, boy, it's been so good, and God's been good to us, and um, and uh, so thankful for what He's doing over there at our church, and and seeing some just amazing things uh, that only God could bring. And uh, one one really neat thing is I I had to do um, youth pastoring and senior for about a year, um, and one of our it's like, where do you find these youth guys? You know, where do they come from? And you want to find a guy who's going to work with you well. And so, I, man, I was looking and really praying about a few guys. And out of the blue, one of, one of my previous students who was in our youth group, he was at Dallas Theological Seminary, and uh, he said, Pastor Mark, I heard you're looking for a youth pastor. I said, well, yeah, but, you know, you're in college, and he's going for this huge degree and all this, and... and uh, he said, "Well, I'm about burnout. I need to. My last year, I'm gonna I do, you know, virtual and and so anyway, a uh, huge blessing was, you know, uh, we hired him and he started in July 1st. And so it was. It's so neat to have a guy that grew up in your youth group to now work with you with the teens and uh, we're, we're great working uh, environment uh, with each other and um, in relationship." And uh, he knows me really well. I've known him since fourth grade. And so God's been so good to us, um, good to our ministry. And uh, we just praise the Lord for what he's doing. Uh, we, I, uh, my wife is actually from around here. She grew up, funny story, she grew up at Barnhart hmm. till sixth grade. And then they moved over to Colonial Baptist. And um, she went to Word of Life Bible Institute. And uh, I went there for the first two years. And uh, we were on... Um, this, the choir together, and we got we did these big performances, and we would have to vacuum. We had all these jobs, and so we were. I was vacuuming, and I noticed this girl was vacuuming the same section. And then I was like, "Whoa, okay, this isn't just a girl. She's pretty." <laughs> and then I noticed her kind of checking me out, and we would the the, va- with the vacuuming became 
a longer and longer time period because we were talking more and we were vacuuming. And, and anyway, the rest is history and end up getting married. And the Lord blesses with five kids. And uh, uh, we have uh, four girls and one boy. And so we have three girls, then my son Wyatt, and then uh, my youngest Charlotte. And so Wyatt and I, we're buds, okay? With all those ladies in the house, we, we try to stick together. In fact, we were, if you will, while I'm just opening up here, why don't you go ahead and open up to Psalm 46. Psalm 46, uh, Pastor shared a few thoughts already and kind of prepping our hearts for that. And, uh, but uh, me and my son, we, we do a lot together. He calls me his best buddy. I call him my best buddy, and, and we're close. He's my shadow. And uh, so we were walking through a sporting goods store uh, just a couple months ago, and um, he, he, uh, we hang out very purposefully. And so we're, we always do man stuff together, you know, and, and, uh, and so we were walking through a sporting goods store, and just out of nowhere, okay, we're walking. It was like those floor-to-ceiling uh, mirrors, okay, and we're walking down, and he just stops. He didn't say, hey, Dad. He just he stops, he turns, and he flexes. He goes, Whoa. I'm looking around, I'm like, all right, I, I encourage testosterone, okay, so I was like, all right, buddy, I like it, good job, and uh, he just smiled and went on his way, and, um, but yeah, we, uh, we stick together, but you know, when, when my son Wyatt did that, you know, it was in this huge mirror, it made him look bigger than, than what he was, you know, he, he thought he was the biggest guy that he could be, you know, he, he just, I mean, he did this, and then he, like, flexed, and he's kind of, you know, going really straining, trying to get those muscles to pop out, and, uh, and he really thought he was the biggest guy, you know. Um, what we're going to look at here this evening is something similar, but we're not talking about physical strength. We're not talking about uh, financial strength. What we're talking about is we want to draw our attention to the fact that we have an awesome God, and uh, the message is entitled, That's My God. And I, I'm going to do a little bit of interact, interaction here in just a moment, okay? So you have to be ready, and I want you to think. We're just going to have a, a few moments of this, but I want you to think and be ready to share something that God has done in a big way in your life. Just something, anything from a teenage, t- uh, teenage years all the way up till now. What has God done? I know it might be unusual, okay, um, but what has God done that has been miraculous or amazing or something in your life? Okay, we're going to have a moment here in about 20 minutes and just share a few thoughts, okay? But the title is called, That's My God, and we start off in verse number one. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and with the swellings thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath, uh, he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. 
He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let's pray. Father, as we turn our hearts towards you, help us to notice and dwell and be still in your awesomeness, in your strength, in you as a refuge. Help us to be free of the distractions that are pulling at our hearts. And this dear sister's dad, I can't help but be overwhelmed for, for him and, and, and for, her, for her dad and, and what, is, what is going on there, Father. I pray you show extra grace. But Lord, even in the midst of craziness and things that come out of nowhere, help us just to take a moment to focus on you. Help us to filter these things through the amazing God in, in whom you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. First off, we see a confidence in God. We start off, as he says here in verse number one, God is. God is our refuge. This psalm is all about God. This is a good psalm to refocus and to recenter. If you ever have a time where you feel distracted, you feel pulled in, in a thousand different directions or where something might happen. And isn't that how things happen in life? It, it happens in a moment and your world can be turned upside down. Well, this is a great psalm to go through and to meditate and to help you refocus and to recenter uh, on God. And this, this psalm is all about God. It's all about God starting with the description of refuge. Refuge defined here is hope and a shelter, uh, a sheltered trust. Let me ask you this. We've had some, some pretty wild rainstorms here in the last couple months. Uh, have you ever been caught in a torrential downpour? I mean, like, you're walking, and then all of a sudden, the, the skies open up. That happened all the time in Clifton Forge. We lived in this place it's right along Cowpasture River, and uh, I'm telling you, it was in a valley. And I, I, would, I had a Jeep, and I would leave my windows down every once in a while. But I'm telling you, in a matter of minutes, the clouds would come over the mountains, and it would be a torrential downpour. Then it's a mad dash to try and close everything. And, but have you ever been caught in one? And then what do you do? You're looking for shelter. You're looking for a, a place in which will protect you from the elements. Now, when, you go, when you're in a downpour and you're soaked, you come inside what, what do you typically think about? What do you express? What goes through your mind? Really? Ah, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, man, okay. I'm out of this storm. I'm not going to have lightning strike me. You know, there's, there's no more soaking down in my bones. Ah, okay. And, uh, you know, but that, that's the description that, that the psalmist gives us here, that God is our refuge. It's, it's that moment where you come in from the storm and it's just, you're safe. And, you know, sometimes we, we take that for granted. You know, when we come into the house after a downpour, and I, I live in the Parsonage Air Church, so um, I walk to work. And, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, we're, 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 we live really close to the church. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, mostly wonderful. No, but it's, you know, walking to work. Doesn't that sound great? And, uh, but, you know, every time, every once in a while, there's, there's rain and stuff like that. But man, when you get inside and after it's been raining and I've, I've gotten wet, I, when I come inside, I don't think, 
wow, I'm thankful for the joist hangers that are holding up the uh, the roof and or the 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 the, the joist and the ceiling joists and boy I'm thankful for those nails and man they put a, they used a lot of nails back in the day and uh, boy I'm thankful for that asphalt shingles and and boy oh man I, you don't go in and you don't evaluate necessarily the shelter but you're thankful for it but you know I think it I think it would do us good to just take a moment every once in a while and just examine what it is that that is sheltering us and that's what we're doing tonight is we are looking at what it who is it that we get to find this type of refuge in which we can find a a a uh, a um, an understanding and, and a hope and a help and a protection from the things that can seem so overwhelming well it says that he is our refuge he is our refuge. Who is this talking about? Those that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died, was buried, and rose again, guess what happens? The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so you can be saved, you can be washed of your sin, you can be cleansed of all sin, past, present, and future, forgiven permanently, by believing in Jesus Christ, Amen. by believing that he died, was buried, and rose again. We complicate the gospel nowadays, but it's very simple, found in 1 Corinthians 15. Mm. Believe that he died, was buried, and rose again three days later. That's what it's about. And then this applies to you. This is, for us Christians, this is an incredible psalm because of just these first couple words. And, and as we go into depth here, God is our if you've been born again, God is your refuge. Amen. He is your strength. It says, as, this, uh, as or I, I put here, as the psalmist continues to describe our God, he says that God is our strength. Now, within this refuge, uh, we are protected if we want to be. Not from all harm, okay, but through situations we have a hope and can trust in an all-knowing God. Even when we have questions that can't be answered, we have a trustworthy and hope-filled God. Just this summer, we had one of my, one of my very close friends. He was, uh, his daughter, teenage daughter, found him having a seizure in the bathroom. And uh, they did some more tests, and they found out that he has brain cancer, the most aggressive kind. And uh, devastating, devastating. A very close friend shocked our church just the church has rallied around him but one, one thing and he's had he had surgery now he's getting ready to start chemo here in a, a few weeks and radiation and but one of the things is i that i have noticed as i've prayed with him i've cried with him we've he's a huge man he's like six four three eighty like just big he's just a big dude and I, they would often say that he was my bodyguard when I was up, you know, up preaching every Sunday. If, some, if something were to happen, he was to protect me, okay? And so he, he was like, my guy, man, he's a close friend. And, uh, but here he is, you know, going through all this. And one thing that I've noticed is through this, now the prognosis was he, without surgery, he had like two months to live. Two months, just like that. With surgery, treatment, maybe 18 months devastating but i have watched him and his wife 
walked through this in incredible grace, incredible hope, incredible dependence on, a, on God. And it has been amazing. And listen, friends, I don't know what may come upon your life or what it is, in fact, that you might be going through. But you have to know that we can have a confidence in God because He is, if you've been born again, He is our refuge. He is our strength. He goes on to say, or in, in, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians 12.10 Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So who is it exactly that is handling our problems? We tend, to, we tend to try to solve work and maybe even those who are gifted peacemaker situations and it just wears you down. Times where you think, God, I just can't handle this anymore. But you must realize quickly that God may give us more and more so that we will finally see God as our sufficiency. Amen. And you might have to even look at it this way. What is, exactly is it going to take for you to start depending on God. What will it take for you to depend on Him as your sufficiency? You say, what do you mean? Well, uh, maybe God will allow a trial to come your way. Maybe, and you're not depending on Him, maybe He'll allow another one and another one for the purpose to teach us this point. You can't do it on your own. He's going to give you more than you can handle because you weren't meant to handle it. The whole point of these things, of these trials, and the whole point of the rain, if you will, and the storms, is to drive you to your knees back to God and say, God, I can't do it. I need my sufficiency in you. I need you as my refuge. I need you as my strength. So what will it take? What will it take? When the things in life make us weak, we should and can rest in His all-sufficient strength. Now, this is tough for those that are people-pleasers and fixers. God, God can handle these things, though, and that is, that is exactly what He might be trying to teach you. Is He's got this. Plead with Him. Pray to Him. Do your part, and He's got this. Now, it's kind of like this. If I had a big tub of dodgeballs, you don't have any here up, no, okay. If I had a big tub of dodgeballs, actually all kinds of sport balls, and uh, Pat, your pastor's very athletic, you all know that, and I just say, hey, catch all these, okay? So I start tossing, first one's a dodgeball, um, next one's a tennis ball, and he tries to catch them, football, frisbee, uh, and then I just unload, you know, like dodgeball, dodgeball. Now, teens, is that... Does that sound good? Throw dodgeballs at your pastor? No, 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 don't throw that. Um, but you just unload, right? And he's trying to catch them all, trying to catch them all. Then I, you know, I, I really get him, and I throw a bowling ball for him to catch. And everything, he's like, Pastor Mark, I can't catch. I can't hold all these things. And that's the point. You're not meant to. You're not meant to. We have a God who can. Amen. And let me just say this. He can handle it far better 
than we can. He knows how to handle people. He knows how to handle situations that will give him the most glory and will teach and will draw people to himself through those trials. Now, he goes on to say, God is our refuge. He is our strength. And then and a very present help in trouble. We have, as our God, the ultimate problem solver. Therefore, because of this, because of this God, because of this description, we have nothing in this life to fear. Nothing. We know the rain. We know the storms that may be out there. But because of the awesomeness of who God is, we don't have to fear. He goes into the description in verse number two. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swellings thereof, say la. Boy, it sounds like a chaotic situation, doesn't it? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine what he's describing or what they are describing here in verse number two and three? Though the earth be removed, Though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and the swellings thereof, Selah. We don't have to fear. Listen, the culture is getting worse. Uh, Though wickedness is being praised, though finances can be wiped out in a heartbeat, though uh, through deep trials, through deep hurts, foundations being removed, friend, we don't have to fear. Though the worst may come to us. The, in our prayer meeting just before, one of the guys was uh, mentioning that, hey, persecution may be coming. It, it's already happened up in Canada. And guys being jailed for preaching. Okay? Um, hey, though the earth may be removed, we're still going to preach. Amen. I'm still going to be a Christian. Right. Though everything... Now listen, I'm American. I love our country. I love our freedoms. I would fight for him, you know, all those things. I love that. But here's the thing. We have a God that no matter what happens to this earth, we have a God that doesn't change. He's not affected like we would be because of the mountain sliding into the water. Hmm. He is not changed. And understand this. This God who doesn't change in that way, he... He is our refuge. He's the one in which we can find shelter. We can find hope. We can find trust. He is our strength. And listen, He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. We're going through prayer in our church and and teaching through prayer how to pray, uh, all those different things, different um, acronyms, and and just working through a lot with our church and, and teaching. And, uh, you know, we have this process, the Lord's Prayer, and, and uh, break it down. One of the things we did was Acts and uh, adoration and confession and thanksgiving and, 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 and uh, it's, it's just um, supplications. And, and it's, been, it's been good. But what, one of the things that we have to keep in mind that no matter what situation you might be in at any moment, you can just call out to God and say, God, help me. You have that access to Almighty God. You have that opportunity to at any moment, in any temptation, in any struggle, in any uh, moment where your whole world is upside down, you don't have to go through acts or go through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, You can just cry out to God, God, Father, I need you. I need your help. 
please be my strength in this weakness. He says in verse number 7, as, as we move along, uh, he says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. God is with us. Do you realize the power behind that? That's the Lord of all I'm talking about. The God that spoke in the mountain. He said, mountains rise up, and they obeyed. He said, valleys be created, and they obeyed. Light out of nothing, and, and it, it obeyed. He created all these things. And this is the God that we have. Our personal, uh, our personal relationship with this God. Incredible. Amazing. He is with us. I'm so thankful. I, I grew up in, now don't run me out of here, but I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Okay, so I'm a Yankee. <laughs> I, I've been down here longer, so. <laughs> um, but you know, where I grew up, there was a lot of Catholics. And, uh, and Catholics, in fact, in government class in public school, we, one of the teachers asked, she said, hey, uh, raise your hand if you're Catholic. Me and one other girl didn't raise our hand. And she said, oh, everyone else did, Catholic. And then they said, all right, wh who's left? And so we raised our hands like, well, what are you? She was, uh, I think, Buddhist, and I was uh, Baptist, you know. And, uh, you know, I was just totally, um, totally foreign. Um, but, you know, what I saw within the Catholic religion was, every, there was, there was they were worshiping a, a God that was distant uh, in, in their belief system and almost couldn't be touched. You had to go through a guy to get to him. You had to do all these things. And, and, but I, I got to tell you, when, when Mark Harvey can pray in the privacy of my heart and mind, I have access to the throne room of heaven. I have the ear of the creator of everything the sustainer of all. He leans his ear in. Why? Because I believed in his son and he adopted me as his son. Being a part of the family of God. It says here, verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. This common theme. Now, point number two, consider our God. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Come is a call to focus. Have you ever had to do that? We have five kids. You know how many times a day I'm like, hey guys, listen up. Hey, listen. Uh, they're, they're, they all have big personalities, and our youngest has all of their personalities. And so they're just like, ah, you know, and, 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 and it's great. We love it. There's a lot of energy in our home. Um, but there's times where I'm like, hey, 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 listen, come on, guys. Hey, let's focus in here. And that's what he does here in verse 8. And so this, this incredible sight and this picture that he paints, he, he kind of has to like, okay, hey, come back to me here. I know it's that awesome, but let, let, let's refocus. And he says, come, behold the works of the Lord. Behold means to contemplate with joy. So contemplate with joy what God has done. Contemplate with joy what God has done. So that's the similar phrase and where I get my title, that's my God. That's my God. Now, I asked you to get ready. We're going to share a few testimonies. 
We'll go for it. Just a few sentences. Got to shorten it. You know the ABCs of a testimony? Audible, brief, and Christ-centered. Okay, so let's focus on the brief. (laughs) And uh, a sentence or two, something that God has done in your life in a big way. He'll start us off. He's got it. I'll start off. Okay. Okay, now, you may not do this. I'm sure you don't. But after someone shares a testimony, I want us together. I'm not charismatic, okay? So <laughs> I want us together to say, that's my God. Okay? So let's, are you all with me? Yeah. All three of you? Okay, anybody else? <laughs> you join us? Okay. All right, go ahead and share that again. That's my God. Going back to what you were saying earlier about how to learn to rely on the Lord. Uh, seven years ago, at this very time, I just had come out of surgery. My first surgery was related to a flare of Crohn's. And up until that point, I was kind of an individual who I could do about whatever I wanted to do. didn't have to rely on other people a whole lot to get it done. And that summer when I got so sick and then after that surgery, you know, my kids at that time, you know, stepped up. They mowed the yard. They did a lot of other things around the house that I normally did. They didn't always do it when I wanted it done or how I wanted it done, but they got it done. <laughs> and it's at that point in my life, I really had to learn to, to trust God and, and rely on Him to get some things done that normally I didn't have to kind of, you might say, worry about the past. And, you know, I remember in that time, there was a verse that says, it's good that I was afflicted. Mm. One of David's. I think maybe David said that in one of the songs. Mm. And, you know, sometimes affliction does bring good out of it because you learn to misplace trust in the Lord more. That's my God. Uh, Man, anybody else? Real quick. Mike. Uh, you had said I was born and raised Catholic from a child up until 20s. I left when I didn't want to have anything to do with the world until moving back here to Rome. And it was so niche. That's my God. Amen. One more. Yep. Seven years ago, I had Michael Bell surgery. I was pretty well in the last one. It's been a And the Lord placed a good doctor in my life. He took surgery and I'm sitting in the back of my Amen. That's my God. Amen. Praise God. Hey, uh, uh, how many have been born again? Raise your hand. That's my God. Amen. He rescued you from the sin, from the miry pit, from the depths of hell. He saved you, rescued you, forgiven you, set you on a solid rock. And now we are forgiven. We stand in newness of life as children of God. That's my God. That's amazing. That's our Father. That's my God. That's who my God is. And he says here, come, come, gather, behold, Hmm. contemplate with joy. The works of the Lord. Look at what it says. 
Come, behold the works of the Lord. You know, it's good. It's powerful to hear what God has done in each other's life. And I know there's many other people in here that God has done miraculous things, and I'd encourage you to share that with others when that time comes. But listen, look around. You're surrounded by people who have rested in the shelter, in the goodness of God, who have found refuge in who God is. And we praise God for the wonderful works. Now, point number three, and we'll finish up with this. Comprehend our God. Verses number 10 and 11, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now, in this refuge, in this shelter, in this strength, beholding God in his works, he says, Be still. Take that time to stop, unplug, reflect. In Matthew, it says, shut the door to your prayer closet and just commune with God. You know how hard that is? I was preaching at a camp uh, a couple summers ago, and I, I had mentioned, I had asked the teens to be very honest, and I said, can you guys escape your phones? Can you guys escape? Is there ever a time where it's like done? And, and there's a whole kind of led up to that, but there was tears in their eyes and they said, you could see them, they're shaking their head, no. See, when I went to school, if there was a bully at school or if there was temptation at school or whatever, when I went home, I got to escape that. But the kids nowadays, it is, it is absolute constant. It's hard, it's difficult. Um, and what he says here is, be still. That's that idea of being able to find that time, to unplug, turn, just turn the phones off and, and just get alone with God. Now, I'm a hunter. I love to be in the woods. I'm, I love that, and that's a great time for me and the Lord where I just get to, get to pour my heart out to Him, and, and there's different things I try to do just to get alone with God. But listen, it's important that we understand that that there are moments that we just need to be still. The, the busyness of our culture is unbelievable. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So he says here, be still and know that I am God. So we're here to comprehend our God, point number three. And uh, we need to just dwell with God. Be still. Be still. Don't, don't be consumed with the things that haven't happened. Uh, cast down those vain imaginations, those things that... Uh, you have no control over, cast all those things down, and just be still. He says also, be still and know. Now, the wording here changes. I'll mention that here in just a moment. But he says, and know, comprehend who our God is through what the psalmist is saying. Don't doubt, fear, and drift in thought on God, but know who our God is. Be unchanging. Have a confident hope in who God is and His works. Have faith, trust, and a hope in God. And when you do, and when you rest in that, and when you're still in that refuge of who God is, it changes your pers perspective of those storms. It changes your perspective of those things that seem to, where the mountains are falling into the water and, and everything seems like it's being changed. Everything's, I mean, that, that's our culture right now. Good is bad, bad is good. We, we know all that. And, but the great thing is, this is not our home. We're just a passing through. Amen. We have a home in heaven, 
and we have orders from God Almighty, King of kings, Lord of lords. And so he says, be still and know that what? That I am God. Whoa, okay, the wording changed here in verse 10. It's almost like God interjects and he says, be still and know that I am God. I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. He's the creator. He's the true God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Him alone. Nothing can compare. Not any idol that we can create, including ourselves. He is infinite and without origin. He is immutable, never changing, self-sufficient, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, wise, faithful, good, just, merciful, gracious, love, holy, glorious. Friends, that's my God. You know, you might say, Pastor Mark, I don't know that that is my God. Listen, we would love to talk with you after this and, and share just the simple truth from the Bible and how you can know for sure that you can be born again and the, all those sins that people don't even know about can be forgiven. But it's only through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You can do so. Come talk to us right after, the, after um, this time, and, and we'd love to help you with that. Let's bow our heads and word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We pray, Lord, that as we uh, try to refocus on what an awesome God that you are, help us to find refuge, help us to find our strength, our sufficiency in you, and help us to just reside in your presence, but also be still and know that you are God. We love you. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. What's up, guys? Brian here again. Just wanted to say thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. You can check out this full message at PastorBrianRalph.com or Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. Keep the Faith is a ministry of Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. If you're free one Sunday or Wednesday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. Until next time, God bless. I'm gonna walk by, I'm gonna keep my, I'm gonna live by faith. I'm gonna walk by, I'm gonna keep my, I'm gonna live by faith. Keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith.